the humanity had just started to get used to the post holiday work routine chilly january winters and large language models when ai hardware company rabbit announced its first large action model or lamb based product r1 at ces 2024 that single product has caught attention of the tech and tech influencer community almost instantly it managed to find dedicated space in mkbhd's podcast episode and got appreciation by microsoft ceo satya nadella i was covering ces from the comfort of my room scrolling through the twitter feed on my iphone the way one would do in that chilling delhi winter i discovered r1 its noticeable orange square shape and almost scrolled up until i read large action model with lamb in brackets right below and my brain went lamb what is that now i quickly turned to my laptop and googled about it and since then i have been consuming materials about lamb's media coverage of r1 and polarizing reviews of the product don't worry i'm not going to review rabbit r1 that's not what this episode and channel are about my curiosity about lamps pulled me into the rabbit hole of a technology that has been in the works for a while now waiting to be consumerized the way chat gpt did for generative ai and ai in general R1 is a squarish orange device with an almost 3 inch touch screen with a 2.3 gigahertz processor 4 gb ram and 128 gb storage it looks like a bigger version of nintendo game boy with a rotating camera and a scroll wheel button but it's not the looks that R1 has got so much attention for it's what it is able to do with its lamb based operating system called rabbit os it is able to go beyond the transformer capabilities of the llms like chat gpt or gemini and basically act on behalf of the user in layman terms r1 is able to take multimodal input from the user via voice text video or photo and come up with actionable suggestions or simply take the action For example, in the keynote at CES, Jesse Liu, the CEO and founder of Rabbit, asked R1 to build out an itinerary for a family trip to London. R1 developed a day-wise plan, identified flights, and showed options for hotels available for confirmation. This feat is huge from the point of view of using AI for taking complex inputs. processing them and presenting relevant actionable options to the user and what is most interesting here is that it does not require any integration with the apps or devices that you might be using the os requires you to log into their web portal called rabbit hole to log into your apps or services once then it acts as a universal controller for those apps and services there is limited understanding of the ui which is only through media reports and the keynote it appears to have a category based cards for music transportation or video chats the screen is also nothing like 
what we are used to on our mobile and computing devices. Still, the capabilities exhibited by the LAM-based device are truly magical. R1's LAM has been trained to navigate through the UI of major apps and operating systems that are in use today. For those apps R1 is not trained on, it offers a training mode wherein a user can train it to learn the interface of the apps of the choice, allow it to process it, and then it will be able to action out the user inputs for those apps. This is Truly something out of a sci-fi movie. Large language models or LLMs are something that most of us have experienced at some point or the other in the form of ChatGPT, Gemini or LGE. These LLMs are based on a technology known as a transformer. A transformer has enabled LLMs to rapidly generate content, text and image. But what if LLMs could generate actions? This is where large action models or LAMs step in. LAMs are based on the technology known as reinforced learning, which allows to build decision-making agents and learn optimal behavior through trial and error. LAM used by R1 learns through imitation or demonstration. It observes how a human is interacting with a UI and tries to reliably replicate it. Since its approach is based on observation, R1's LAM continues to gather deep understanding of the UI over time and output actions even if there is a change in the interface. Because R1's LAM is based on what is known as neurosymbolic systems, it can act on the apps the same way humans do. What this also means is that LAM can learn any interface of any software regardless of the platform they are working on. Not just that, LAMs can be trained to complete a process that runs across multiple applications to complete an entire task. Something a professional does in a day-to-day -day work environment. And this does not require any kind of programming at all. In that respect, LAMs are able to go beyond language processing and perform actions based on the instructions given by the user. Whether you are a zealot, skeptic or a naysayer of R1 as a product, the capabilities exhibited by LAM that powers RabbitOS are very impressive. But as with any bleeding edge technology, businesses need to have clarity on its real world applications. The problems that technology can solve for them and deliver efficiencies in terms of time, cost, or both. Now that AI has become fairly consumerized, LAMs need to start giving signals that gets the attention of businesses, especially marketers. The signal could be around one of the three aspects of marketing, systems and processes, targeting, and data analysis. Looking at the present state of maturity of AI, I think automation of marketing systems and processes seems to be the lowest hanging fruit. Since LAMs have the capability to learn through observing, training it to use a particular set of tools for content marketing should not be very complicated. So LAMs could be trained to access ChatGPT to generate content for an ebook. Then it could open up Canva, 
pull up an ebook template, copy paste the content, search and insert nice looking images and graphics, format it as per user training, and export the PDF to a specific folder. It could also ask ChatGPT to generate email sequence to promote that ebook. For targeting, LAM could be trained to pull out a segmented list of contacts from a CRM platform, upload that list to an email marketing tool, use the email sequence generated by ChatGPT, and schedule it using the tool's automation functionalities. Then it could export data from the email marketing tool in an Excel file, slice and dice the data, create charts and embed them into a PowerPoint presentation. It could again take help of ChatGPT if needed to generate insights and place them next to the relevant charts and graphs in the presentation. I know this sounds almost like a sci-fi movie scene and it is, but only to an extent because marketers have been using automation for a while now. For many businesses, ChatGPT and Canva have become part of their content generation process. And quite many are using AI-based tools to perform data analysis and generate insights. It seems that LAMPs can play a very important role in integrating systems, processes, and data. This can be very helpful for many marketing organizations that are sitting on siloed data. It can also help in adopting a CDP platform or generative search. I will drop in a link in the description below to previous episodes on these topics. As LAMPs get trained for more apps and interfaces, their applicability in real-world business scenarios will be only limited by human imagination. Having said that, there are a few things about LAMPs that are hazy. For instance, how will they change online search and the current process of information discovery for the users? Its multimodal capabilities seem to be far more advanced than what other Gen AI options are offering right now. Moreover, what about all the UI UX capabilities that have been perfected by marketers, developers and designers? The argument that LAMPs are trained to learn the interface and use it the way humans do seems a bit too easy. Let's not forget that RabbitOS is the first version of a consumerized LAMP that we are witnessing. What future versions and variants of LAMPs will look like is anybody's guess right now. Then there is the critical aspect of data privacy and security. Even in the CES keynote, privacy got very limited screen time. It is not fully clear how the user data will be stored and used on R1. Rabbit and other companies that bring LAMP-based production to the market will need to be more transparent about this aspect. The R1 seems to be more of a personal assistant than anything else right now. For all the right reasons, it is more focused on the individual user and not businesses. Assuming it remains a consumer device for a foreseeable period of time, what opportunities its minimalistic monochromatic UI will offer businesses and marketers to serve ads or to send messages or to become 
part of the user's online journey is unknown. Finally, Rabbit CEOs claim that Arwen can learn any complex interface like that of Adobe Photoshop seems to be of tall order. If, if it can deliver on these claims, then it could mean a very next level of efficiency. But its capabilities are yet to be fully understood. R1 has got a lot of popularity in a very short span of time. No wonder it has managed to sell 10,000 units in the first 24 hours. Internally, they were hoping to sell just 500 units. Assuming that a product lives up to the hype and delivers really good user experience, the sales volume are likely to skyrocket. Is R1 a smartphone killer? It's hard to say. It's the lamb that runs a product that definitely holds a lot of potential. However, from a business perspective, the technology still needs a lot of work to become part of future marketing strategies. Have you pre-ordered Rabbit R1 yet? Or you would wait for the reviews to come in? Or would you wait for more lamb-based products to hit the market? Drop in a comment below. Rate, review and share the episode. Talk to you in the next one.